You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. An important word in 1 Corinthians 2, 4, and 5 is persuasive, which means to persuade, convince, or influence a person to do this, that, or the other. And when you consider people, people are are persuasive. It, it is it's amazing when you look in the world that that uh, you have black men in particular, black young men in particular, that allow a person clean across the country to persuade them to drop their pants. And show the part of their underwear. Allow the person to do this, and and, and it's amazing because, you, you know, you talk, I talk to young people out in the community, and I ask them. I said, "Well, th- have you ever met the guy that started this particular trend that you just dropped your pants and show you? Have you ever met? No, I hadn't met him." Well, why did you do it? Well, what he was doing was fly. So I just, I so, so you think it's fly for you to pull your pants down, show your underwear, and then is you you think you cool when when they drop too far and you have to hold them when you get in a hurry and just walk and just. And I was telling him, I I just don't see how you could allow someone to persuade you to do something that really doesn't make any sense. And of course, he, he was a sinner, the person that I was talking to. But then I thought about people in the church that will actually allow folk to persuade them to do that which is in contrast to the will of God. Talk to a person that has actually allowed what he heard on the internet to persuade him not to give God his tithes and offerings. I said, well, did did you research the Bible properly? Well, um, I just trust such and such that he know what he's talking about. I said, but did you research the scripture? 
I said, do you understand that what God started with Abraham, he didn't stop because God, according to Malachi 3 and 6, changes not. I said, have you ever considered that, that Jesus prays religious folks for giving tithes and said they needed to continue to do it, but they needed to add something with it. And the person was like, no, I don't even, I don't even know where that is. So I said, well, let me show you this particular thing. You, you'll be surprised how people will be persuaded to do this, that, and the other that call themselves or even may be Christian. But they will allow folks to persuade them to believe or to do this, that, and the other. There was a young lady that came to the church years ago, and, and uh, I was talking about receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. She came to the altar, and uh, she said, I want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, and so I prayed and, and sent her back in the back, and uh, with the ministers for them to pray that she received the Holy Spirit. And uh, she could not receive it that particular day. And uh, so then I had a personal conversation with the young lady. And she said, I have to be honest with you, Pastor. The reason, I, I know the reason I didn't receive the Holy Spirit. I said, why is that? She said, because my pastor does not believe in receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He believes that once you give your life to Christ, that is automatic. And so my thing was, was that, look, I don't want to debate with your pastor. I don't want to uh, try to argue against what he's saying. So let's just go to the scripture. And I said, let me show you something. I said, now these people right here, uh, in Acts 2, they had already received Jesus as Lord and Savior. I say, but, but then they waited because Jesus told them to wait to receive the Holy Spirit. I say, and then after they received the Holy Spirit, others came and they, they seen how powerful the Holy Spirit was. And so... They asked the question, what must we do to be saved? And I said, Peter specifically told them to receive Jesus as, as Lord and that they would be baptized and receive the Holy Spirit. I said, I said so biblically, it's a second grace. It's a second gift. It's in addition to you receiving salvation or receiving Jesus as Lord. And Savior. But her pastor had persuaded her that she already had what the Bible says she couldn't get in the manner that her pastor told her she could get it. You have to know scripture for yourself. You have to know scripture. You cannot allow me or any other person to persuade you just based upon words. You have to know 
scripture for yourself. Because it's sad that folks are amen something that ain't even right. In here. Tell folks to preach it and it ain't even right. I'd be like, Lord, she uh, such and such. How do I she amen? That, that ain't right. She amen everything, though. <laughs> and some folks do. They just, they got, a, they got a spirit to where they just like the talk throughout the message, even when something is not right. But you have, you have to watch what you say. You have to watch what you allow people to cause you to think, say, and do. And see, that was Paul's concern. Paul had the understanding based upon the text that there were people that were very persuasive and get this, they were persuasive because of their wisdom. They were wise. You, you know, wisdom, whether we're talking theologically or literally, is basically a person that possesses knowledge and understanding about something. That's what wisdom is. It's when a person possesses knowledge and understanding about something. And there are folks that use their wisdom to persuade people to do right, to do wrong. To do evil, even to praise God. Oh, I need to break it down a little more. There are women that can persuade you, brother, to buy them something. I heard somebody say everything. So so there are brothers that can persuade you to do what you said you wouldn't do. There is one brother, sister, that can make you change your mind. Brother, there is one sister that can make you pull out your wallet. And give her what she wants. Get this. Because of wisdom. I said because of wisdom. That there are doctors that can persuade you to have an operation. (laughs) That you may or may not need. Oh, you don't think every doctor is legit, legit, do you? 
There's a crook in every field. You got crooked preachers, crooked lawyers, crooked doctors. But they have wisdom to the point to where they can persuade you to do this, that, and the other. So you have to be to the point to where you recognize that. That a person can be wise. And use that wisdom to persuade you to do what you have no business doing. Can persuade you to think, talk, and do what you should or shouldn't take part in. That's the reason you have to know certain things based upon scripture. And that's what Paul wanted the people to know. He wanted them to know again, point blank, look at the text. Look at the text. That there were persuasive people. And they had words that could sway them one way or another. If somebody don't like you, they they can sway somebody else not to like you too. And they will make it their business to do it. And if you're weak... Or immature, you'll fall for it. Say to your neighbor, you can't be gullible. Because folks will use you up. Yes, they will. Love your pastor, but you have to make sure that you follow me when it comes to the text. Doesn't matter who it is. Let every man be a liar. But let God be true. I trust my, good you trust me, but you better just trust me so far. Wow, I'm a person. Your trust in me should be based upon the scripture. You should should say, I trust my pastor because my pastor, when he says things, is based upon the word. You can't just trust me just because you've been with me 30 years. You need to know them that labor among you, but you need to, when it comes to trusting, you need to trust a person based upon the word. 
He's been my doctor for 30 years, so whatever he tells me, I know, look, I know he's been your doctor, but when he gets to talking, you need to have this procedure done. Don't you just say, okay, no, you go and talk to your God and allow God to lead you as to what you should and shouldn't do. I'm finna get somebody upset with me by the next thing I'm gonna say, but I gotta make this thing plain before I before I move further. I know he your husband. I know she your wife. But you can only trust your spouse so far. Why? Your spouse is a human, therefore. Limited. I don't know how you feel, but I kind of believe that, you know, prayer, it just don't, well, I, I, well, that's what me and you going to sever the relationship because I believe in prayer. But I'm your, I don't care if you is mine. Notice what he says as I deal with this. He says in 1 Corinthians 2 and 4, And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words. Of human wisdom. And see, that's day and time we live it in to where preachers will try to sway you to see it that way. <laughs> yeah. Paul said, hey, when it comes to my, my speech, and my preach. Speech in the text is a reference to his teaching, his communication with them, whether by louder or in person. He said, I, I wasn't trying to persuade you with human wisdom. I wasn't trying to get you on my side. I, I wasn't trying to get you to think my way. That was not what I was trying to do. Because he knew that there were some teachers, prophets, and so forth, that that was their primary thing, was trying to sway people to their side. And you have that in the church and outside the church. Folks trying to sway you to their side. Folk will invite you for coffee, but it's something behind that. They don't even worship, don't even come to church, but they need to talk to you. Something behind it. 
listen to this again and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom but in demonstration of the spirit and notice and of power basically Paul was was letting them know that he was in line with what Jesus said to the disciples in John 16 and 13. See, Jesus was going to leave his disciples, or he left his disciples, but he didn't trust them to be over the ministry that he, he left. He didn't trust them fully. Let me prove it. Go with me to John 16. Go with me to John 16 and 13. He said to them, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all help me. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to what? Come. He was not going to leave them in full control because he knew as men or humans, they were limited. When the Holy Spirit comes, he go guide y'all into all truth. This hasn't changed. I, I, I would advise you not to follow me across the street if the Holy Spirit ain't leading me. And see, that's the reason Paul said, look, I, I wasn't trying to, to do like others who, who use persuasive words. But, but what I was speaking, what I was preaching was in demonstration of the Spirit and power. Because when you receive the spirit. You do receive. Divine power. Jesus said in Acts 1 and 8. And you shall receive power. When? After. The Holy Spirit. Has come. Upon you. And when that happens. You're going to be my witnesses. But until that happens, you ain't no witness. I'm going to send y'all out in twos, but come back and report to me. You don't have full authority. We, we have seen through history how folk have been persuaded who we thought could never be persuaded. How many folks have, have you thought were, were, were the one until they were persuading you? She ain't what I thought she. He ain't what I thought. The Holy Spirit has to be in your life. And you have to recognize the Holy Spirit as the one that's leading you. Paul so understood it to where in 1 Corinthians 11 and 1, he told the people of God, he said, I need y'all to imitate me. But get this, as I imitate Christ. Y'all follow me? Come on. But, but, but 
Follow me as I follow Christ. He did not want folk to get into them because of him. That's the reason I'm dogmatic, a, a dogged when it, when, when it comes to giving you a scripture about stuff. And then turning around and explaining the scripture to you. I can't read no 17 scriptures and try to, try to teach to you in no hour. It, it'll take me weeks to give you seven. Preacher don't never do nothing. Give us one or two scriptures that he got. That, you know what? Because I want to totally break the scripture down so you can know he gave us what thus says the Holy Spirit. I use references, but every reference will go back to the two that I read to you. Why? I want you to fully understand, even if I have to go two, one or two scriptures at a time. He did not want them to be persuaded by people. And he wanted them to look at him for as a man that was led by the Holy Spirit. His speech and his preaching were not with persuasive words of man's wisdom, but His speech and his preaching were based upon the spirit and power. He wanted them to see the demonstration that he was led by the Holy Spirit. Demonstration in the text simply means evidence. Look at the evidence that what I'm giving to you is According to the spirit and power. Don't trust me. Trust what the spirit is giving me to give you. Because see, if you don't like Walker, you won't, you won't do what God wants you to do. I heard what Walker had. Now get Walker out the equation and recognize the spirit is just using Walker and do what the spirit would have you do. Because, see, you can persuade yourself and be messing yourself up the same time. I don't agree with what pastor's saying. I think such and See, you persuade yourself because you're trying to put on walk of what the Spirit is saying or what the Spirit is using Walker to say. I'm going to know it's the spirit because the word is being rightly divided. Not leaving the text, breaking down the words to the point to where even a wayfaring fool should be able to follow it. Y'all okay? So notice, notice this. Verse 5. He goes on to say that your faith should not be in the wisdom 
of men, but in the power of God. And there it is. Because see, sometimes we, we, we trust folk more than God want us to trust folk. I didn't tell you not to trust folk. I say sometimes we trust them more than God wants us to trust them. You, you take probably the majority of us, if we don't know about a particular thing, we will go to the internet before we go to the Bible. I said most folk in here, if you don't know something about a particular thing, you would go to the internet before you go to the scripture. Is there anything wrong with going to the internet? No. As long as God has the final say. See, before you go to the internet about a car, you should talk to God first. And then when you find that car on the internet, you should go back to God and get his permission to pursue it. But some folk do the opposite. They will look on the internet before they ask or acknowledge God, even though the scripture says God should be put first. What did Solomon say in Proverbs 3? In all your ways acknowledge him. Why? So he can direct your path. And, and Solomon went on to say in, in that same chapter, chapter 3, don't be wise in your own eyes. And guess what he called that? Evil. Oh, Lord, I got to read it to you because some of y'all are like, is that really there? We're going to see. Well, I already know, but I'm going to show you. Let's go to Proverbs 3 real quick. Lord have mercy. Y'all stay, y'all stay with me. See, some of what I'm saying is touchy because uh, we have been guilty. And see, words like this have to come forth in order for you to mature. We, gotta, we, gotta, we just got to grow up in, in a more excellent way. Notice Proverbs 3 and 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he shall what? But notice what it says in verse 7. Do not be wise in your what? Fear the Lord and depart from what? What is he talking about? When you try to be wise in your own eyes and not acknowledge God, that's evil. If I come to you and I have not sought the Holy Spirit to give me a message, I just, I just want to make you happy. I'm evil. You getting happy, but you getting happy because of something evil. Guess what? That came from the word. Because instead of me acknowledging God, as to what he would have me give you, I want to make you shout. I want to make you happy. And according to this verse, that's evil. Don't look like that. The, the devil himself was known for using the scripture to try to get somebody to do what? Evil. 
even had the audacity to use scripture, a part of the scripture to try to get Jesus to do evil. Jesus was just so mature to where he wouldn't allow it to happen. Devil got the quote part of scripture. But Jesus knew he was using the scripture in contrast to his purpose. In contrast to the will of God. We have to be intelligent. We, can, we cannot allow anybody to persuade us to get out of our purpose or to get off the path that God has placed us on. See, you can get to going through trial after trial after trial. And you could get to questioning yourself as to whether you are a faith walker or not, or whether faith works or not. Because you hadn't looked at the scripture the way you need to look at the scripture. The Bible tells us point blank that, that we, we are not to think it strange when, when it comes to fiery trials, to the testing of our faith. Because that, that's what's going to happen. Your faith going to be tested. Why is it going to be tested? To see whether you're a faith walker or not. To let you see if you're a faith walker in the first grade, sixth grade, twelfth grade, or you're a faith walker with a master's degree. But there will always be people and things that will try to persuade you. And it always be to the point to where the person or the thing is trying to get you out of the will of God. So Paul said, look, I'm on the way so they can understand that what I'm saying and what I'm doing is according to the spirit. And power. And so he wanted them not to be persuaded by the wisdom of men. The persuasive words that comes from a wise person. He wanted them to be moved by the power of That's the only thing that should move a faith walk, the power of God. So, so let's just look at a couple of things in reference to the power of God. I'm going to be done. Y'all all right? Let's go to uh, Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Verse 16. Notice the wording carefully. Paul same author, 1 Corinthians, said to the Roman church, For I am not ashamed 
of the gospel of Christ. Notice he defines the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation. Then he talks about who it's for. But notice how he defines the gospel. He defines it as the power of God to what? Paul wanted them in Corinth to trust in the power of who? Y'all haven't got that little verse that quick. 1 Corinthians 2 and 5. He wanted them to have faith or to trust in what? Look at how he defines the power of God. He defines it as the gospel of who? Christ. Gospel of who? Not just good news. He defines it as the gospel of what? Christ. So what is gospel? We know Christ is the anointed one, but what is gospel other than the simple term good news? Let's go to uh, Luke, the fourth chapter. Hold on to that. Luke, the fourth chapter. Y'all make sure you turn. I need you to, you to see this. Luke 4 and 18. The spirit, Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to what? He has did what? To what? Now Paul said again that when it comes to the power of God, it is the gospel of who? Christ. Romans 1 and what? 16. The power of God is the Gospel of who? That saves. For it is the power of God to salvation. So it is the power of God that saves. But look at this. Again, Luke 4 and 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach. What? The gospel. So the gospel According to Jesus is something that God anoints you to do. The gospel is something that that God has to anoint you to do. It's not just good news. Is something that God has anointed you to do. Now Jesus knew that he had been anointed to do it when it came to the poor and to others. At least that's how he started out. And you see it in the verse. And, and when you look at his ministry, when he was here on earth, that's primarily who he dealt with. 
But when it comes to the gospel of Christ, it is something that God has anointed you to do. And notice, you have to have the spirit to do it. God has anointed you to do it, but you have to have the spirit to do it. Look at it again, because I need you to really understand this. Luke 4 and 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach, help me. And then, of course, again, he, he talks about what all that he is supposed to do. But the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel. If you are a gospel person, that means you have been anointed to do a particular thing. Where does the power come in? I'm not going to the book of Isaiah, but Isaiah, when he talked about the anointing, he basically said the anointing does two things. The anointing, number one, empowers you for mission. Whatever God has purposed or chosen you to do, it empowers you to do it. Second thing, whatever gets in your way or whoever you run into that needs to be delivered, it destroys yokes of bondage. It destroys whatever is trying to stop you from fulfilling your mission as well as empowering you or empowers you to help somebody so they can become anointed in order to start fulfilling their purpose or mission. So when we preach the gospel, we are not just preaching good news because you have men with wisdom that they can preach something that sounds good, but it won't do anything but make you happy. It won't change your thoughts. It won't change your words. It won't change your deeds. How did you get saved? Truly say, it had to be when somebody gave you the gospel that God had anointed in order to do so. That's the only way you got saved. You had been going to church hearing messages, but you didn't get saved. You got saved when you got in front of are in the presence of the anointing. And then the anointing of God destroyed off you what you couldn't lay aside yourself. How many know it took an anointing to save you? It took power to save you. Because you had got tired and wanted to change, but you didn't have what you needed in order to change. 
And so Paul, Paul wanted them to get to the point to where they took their eyes off of him and recognized that the power of God is what you need it by. But remember, it wasn't just him. Take your eyes off of what they're saying about you. And focus on what Jesus has determined for you to be and to do. Focus on that. I need to give you one more definition. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Notice verse 18. 1 Corinthians 1 and 18. Ready? For the message of the cross, which is what? No, no, no. The message of the cross is what? The gospel. The gospel. That's what it is. The message of the cross is what? It's the news concerning who? Jesus Christ. You got to see how all of this ties together. But notice what he says here. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are what? Perish. Or they are in sin. For the wages of sin is what? Death equates perish. But to us who are being what? It is what? It is what? Now notice the distinction. The message of the cross or the gospel is foolishness to those who are what? Are in sin. You tell folk better is in, better is coming. They're going to look at you like you. Because they think it's foolishness. You tell folks how God going to move on your behalf like he moved for Israel in scripture. They're going to think you foolish. Crazy. But when your eyes are really on the gospel. And when you understand the power of the gospel. Salvation happens. This right here ties back into what Paul said in Romans 1 and, and 16. For I am not ashamed of the what? Gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto what? Salvation. It saves. It saves. Don't look for the preacher to save you. Look for the gospel to what? Save you. Don't look for somebody that has wisdom when it comes to words to heal you. Look for the gospel to what? Don't look for this, that, and the other that this thing is telling you to do to cause it to work out on your behalf. 
Look for the gospel to cause it to work out on your behalf. Why? The gospel is the power of God unto what? Salvation. That's what's going to save me. The gospel is what's going to save me. And, and, and so when you consider all that I have said, it should be to the point to where you know for yourself that there is just one power that I can truly trust in. If that be true, say to your neighbor, there's just one power I can truly trust in. Because every other power, whether coming from a thing or a person, is what? Limited. As powerful as the internet is, have you ever got some bad information from the internet? As awesome as scientific research is, have you recognized that there are certain things that, that their study in reference to science still doesn't have an answer for? Got all these buildings spending billions on this, that, and the other and still don't have an answer for certain things. What does that tell you? They still don't have the power that is necessary to do certain things. But get this. People are still persuaded by that power even though it's limited. We got to change our mindset. If, if, if you find something going on in your body before you, before you just up and go to a doctor to find out something, why not talk to God first? And say, God, I, I want to go to the doctor and make sure such and such and such. Can you put your blessings upon me and your blessing upon him or her before I go? Can you do it and do it sincerely so even when you show up at the doctor's office in your mindset, God going to use you, but it's going to be his power that's going to cause all of this to work out because I know that the only power I can truly trust in is the power of God. It's the power of God. I'm going to show you. I'm, I'm going to tell you why I'm stressing this so much. God showed me a backsliding. Y'all listening to me? He showed me a backsliding, but, but the backsliding was not that folks were just leaving Christ or denying Christ. And I'm talking about the church. The backsliding was people that had started putting things before the power of God. 
I saw it throughout the church. I saw amongst the ministers. Gifted people. Leaders and officers. Just putting different things before the power of God. And even folks that had gotten to the point to where they started limiting the power of God. And the Holy Spirit said that they're limiting the power of God because when they don't see things manifesting the way they want to see things manifesting, they start looking for an alternative. Still saved. But looking at the power of God as something that's limited, can't really do what they've been asking God to do. A backsliding. I'm not trying to go to another church. I'm talking about this church. I'm not trying to talk about the church down the street. I'm not trying to talk about the churches in the connection. I'm talking this church. We can't backslide and think that the power of God has ceased to do what God ordained it to do. But see, when, when, when you get so caught up in certain things, you will start allowing those things to persuade you more so than you allow the spirit of God to guide you. You'll start looking more to this, that, and the other rather than the spirit of God. And guess what? God created all things for us to enjoy. All things. But get this. He never intended for things to come before him. And church and, and other prophets said likewise basically that they are respecting the creation. More than the creator. And see the enemy. He, he started doing it. Little by little by little. Again even to the point to where it's happening with ministers. And leaders. got to be to the point to where you always look to God's power to do it. And if he leads you to something or somebody, wonderful. But don't ever allow the power within you or the persuasion of others to cause you to go down a particular path. It has to be the power of God. I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to stop right there.